0: And Thanks for listening to Talking Architecture and Design brought to you in association with the Architecture and Design Network. You can catch up with news, projects, interviews and much more at architectureanddesign.com.au where you can also subscribe to our newsletters and magazine. And today we have with us all the way from lovely snowy LA, Terry Lynn from Outer Furniture. Terry out is Outer's co-founder and chief design officer who will share his thoughts on Outer story as well as future predictions on furniture design, i.e. the impact of inflation and economic contraction, global economic contraction, what we've seen on our furniture choices um, to backyard trends um, that we'll be seeing this year and also uh, on how to make sustainable furniture choices. Not an easy thing. Uh, to understand eco-friendly materials to um yeah and, and all the other stuff that, that it has to do with sustainability. As an introduction, Outer's furniture has become a staple in homes including the notable Martha Stewart, Bobby Burke, and of course Curtis Stone, all whilst making a sustainable change with over 2 million plastic water bowls, say, from landfills and waterways through via the manufacture of their serves and rugs. AUDA also recently launched their all-weather dining collection for Aussies to enjoy uh, our sunny, or dare I say, sticky summer in their backyards. <laughs> so welcome to Talking Architecture and Design, Terry Lynn.
1: Thanks for having me, Branko.
0: Okay. Yes, it is very sticky here, and, and apparently it's, it's snowing. You're, you're not in LA. I, I, you're in San Francisco. I, I keep it. You, you can you can tell I've never been there, right? Because I've the two places mixed. Up.
1: Um, it's all California.
0: It's all California. There you go. Right. Um, so, Terry, tell me firstly, what does a chief design officer actually do when it comes to modern furniture? I mean, this is, sounds a bit like a dummy's question, but I'm quite. Serious. <laughs> I know. I know you design things, right? So, but. Um, yeah. How how do you design things at Outer? Um, like yeah. What's the difference between, you know, there, there are design processes. Do you have a different process? How do you approach design?
1: Yeah, I think that's a, a really good question. It's something that uh, Jake, my co-founder, and I talked about a lot. As we, you know, we launched the company on a premise that, you know, like we don't want to design just like everybody else. We know that, uh, you know, outdoor furniture, but really anything, has become commoditized. So you look for any kind of product that you could ever want and you think about how deep your choices are, you know, whether it be uh price, material, style, anything. It's just there's just too much choice out out there, right? So like we are over we have too much overconsumption. So when Jake and I started it's like, you know, this is the problem that I want to avoid. I want to I want us to be a company that if we're going to do something, it's because it's actually differentiated. And You know, going on that idea, it's like you can't design everything. So we said, let's design the one thing that we think will have the biggest impact that people will notice. And uh, I think it's really different than many companies where you think about lifestyle retailers where uh, when they launch, they have a really uh, big catalog. And they they do so either by design or they go to trade shows and they curate a lot of product from lots of different vendors, whether they're importers, exporters, or actual direct manufacturers. We didn't do that. So that was a struggle for us in the beginning because we asked ourselves, like, are we a lifestyle brand? Are we an innovation company? Are we a combination of the two? And it's something that we continue to talk about, you know, now we're entering year five. And uh, I do believe that, uh, you know, just if you look at what we have in our catalog, it is a really small curated assortment. And we do struggle because, we know that you know our investors care about us growing our catalog quickly. We care about a much more measured approach of designing things that uh, has a reason to be. And that's where it gets really difficult. So as you think about the products that we've launched, uh, you know, many of them are very differentiated. and as we continue to reevaluate who we are, it really is a balance between a lifestyle retailer and like a, a lifestyle innovation, outdoor living company. So kind of a, a long way of saying like, uh, that's who we are. So uh, myself as the chief design officer, it really is thinking about like the vision of the company, the types of products that we want to stand behind. And that's the, the key, right? Like we have a, a product roadmap. And the product roadmap is what you would expect. Like we want to be able to offer all products that help you uh, round out your backyard. So you think about the functional areas, it's uh, lounging, dining, and playing. And that's kind of the high level of how we think about it. And as you think about the opportunities in those three areas, what we're doing is not looking for the low-hanging fruit. Low-hanging fruit, are, oh, these are things that people want, but combining it with what are the things that people want that we see pain points that have not been solved. So my job as a chief design officer is to help prioritize you know, the long term vision, but really trying to figure out what are the things that we think we have the biggest opportunity that when we launch, people will be like, oh yeah, I see why they launched that thing. It's because they solved for dot dot dot.
0: Interesting. So you say on your website that furniture is only the beginning of your of our journey of your journey. What yeah. the middle and the end of that journey look like
1: <laughs> so I that's a, that goes kind of into the vision of the company. Right. So the vision is one of those things. I think it's been described as if you are running towards the horizon and you get to the horizon, where's the horizon? It's moved way like far out again. Like, so you never actually hit it. And for us, the idea is that we want uh, like going back to like the idea of like my childhood and how much time I spent outside the weather was a lot easier to spend time outside Whereas, you know, I think things have changed a lot, yeah. but like, knowing that we want to get people outside and you think about how the world's gotten hotter, colder, uh, wetter and drier.
0: Yeah.
1: How do you do that? Right. So furniture is like the last thing you think it's like, Oh, wow, that's nice furniture, but it doesn't mean I want to sit outside. So when we think about like the middle and the end, it's really answering that question. Right. So if I say, the world is hotter, colder, wetter, drier. These are the things that are preventing or more bugs or less, but whatever it is. It's like, how do we start thinking about the environmental conditions out there that actually gets you to get outside more? And that's why it's really open-ended. It's like, well, you know, like the idea of our bug shield blanket had nothing to do with furniture, but it had to do with the reason I don't go outside is because as soon as I get outside, bugs start biting me and i want to go inside so the way uh we think about it, it's a lot more open-ended so you know we're talking to a company that um has basically created something called the shazam
0: right.
1: of bird sounds okay. and it's they're recording bird sounds and it's like in doing so you get you get alerts that talk about uh Oh, these are the types of birds that have gone into your backyard. Again, we are not designing this. We're looking at a partnership with them. But the idea is anything that we can do that actually can uh, pique your curiosity in getting outside, that's what we're interested in exploring. And that's where, you know, furniture is just like the easy way because, you know, our, uh, our, our, our new manufacturer is uh, Jake's family's factory. Easy. Right, but as you start getting to other things, it starts getting more complicated. But when you think about the idea of how do you get people to spend more, one more minute outside, that's what I'm most excited about.
0: Outdoor furniture is the gateway drug to to outdoor. Yeah, I've got to say, if you can come up, if you, with a, obviously there's, there's a lot of technology, <clears throat> excuse me, involved here, but if you can come up with an with a concept of, that, that stops three inch long cockroaches in Sydney running after you. You'd make a lot of money in Sydney. Wait, say oh,
1: yeah. uh, stops uh, cockroaches from co- they they'll come after you in um, in Australia.
0: They fly, my friend. They fly. Uh, yeah, they're big.
1: <laughs> Those are the things that I care about. It's like yeah. it no longer is about like what's comfortable to sit on. It's like what is preventing me from getting outside. Like, can you imagine if we were able to solve for making people comfortable in the middle of the summer in the Middle East? Yeah. What does that mean? I don't know what that means. And like, you know, like I have some ideas, some crazy, crazy ideas that go completely against like some of my theses from when we started the company. But that that's like the, the kind of the, the the depth of thinking, which is I have no idea how you do that. But if you can think that way, that's that's what I hope we become. And that's why we're called Outer. So
0: yeah, let's talk about the future, right? In terms of uh, furniture design predictions, because, you know, um, after all, we are talking about design here. Whatever, whatever... Goal, whatever problem we have to solve, you have to solve. It's yep. a, it's, it's an issue of design, right? So the impact of inflation and economic contraction, which we are all, you know, yep, yep, having to deal with, um, on furniture choices um, um, to various backyard trends. What are we seeing coming out of the states, which we end up obviously emulating down here? Uh, and what do you think is going to be big, and, and where do you think? it's going to eventually take
1: us. Yeah. So, um, you know, uh, early on in the pandemic, I came up with a list of three things that I think were like the priorities of of consumers. And what I realized that, you know, in looking at like, let's call it uh, like mid-2020 to mid-2022 and then late 2022 to 23 and beyond, like I saw three things that mattered. And, you know, this is definitely like, I'll kind of use it in the context of like outdoor living, but I think it goes broader than that. But, you know, uh, like when the pandemic started, I thought the the three things in terms of priorities were respite, right? Respite is a place that you have a a safe space for you. The second is comfort, right? So it's nice if you have a safe space, but if it's not comfortable to be in, why are you going to actually be in it? And then the last had to do with like thoughtful consumption and, That's a a more loose way of talking about like the the trend of sustainability. Fast forward to today, and at least what I see is that the, the three things, the order has shifted. So where it was respite, comfort, and thoughtful consumption, I now believe it's thoughtful consumption, comfort, and then respite. And the reason I talk about thoughtful consumption is just what you talked about, which is You know, I I read a a poll that um, it it asked, like, uh, Americans about their concerns. And four of the five of them were most concerned, just like I think everyone in the world, about inflation and rising prices. It outranked climate change and environmentalism. So you think when, you know, when uh, the, the, the economy is good, people are thinking about, like, other things and sustainability is a big one. And you know, I do believe that many people care a lot about sustainability, but I think they think about it a little bit differently now, only because of the challenges they face. You know, with the necessities that they need to buy, and I think the uh, because of what's going on, because of the, the 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 global slowdown, because because of how wobbly the economy is, because of inflation and how out of control it is, because of rising interest rates, we tend to think really short term. And that's where I know for us, our our big thing was we don't want to design bad furniture because especially outside bad furniture, you will know it's bad because it breaks apart, falls apart really fast. And I think uh, the way I think about it is um, like Warren Buffett, you know, of Berkshire Hathaway said something like, one of the best times to invest is in a recession. And I know it's counter to what everyone thinks because it's like, I have less budget So, and, you know, maybe my job's uncertain, but it is the best opportunity to be able to, you know, invest in things at probably more favorable prices. And, uh, you know, kind of going back to this idea that, you know, like a downturn only lasts a certain amount of time, that it's really important, I think, for most consumers to think about like this contraction and how to think clearly, right? So for one, when you think about home, and I know I'm talking about, exteriors but let's talk interiors like creating your home is a long-term problem you know if you're reacting to the short-term volatility of the market are you actually investing wisely so i think that's the first really big thing and that goes to that idea of sustainability which is the the term fast furniture has been you know in the media a lot
0: yeah
1: and in the down, like you're talking about like i don't want to buy fast anything fast fast fashion fast furniture but what do you think people are going to do in a downturn Well, I can't afford that right now. So I'm just going to do exactly what I said I wasn't going to do. So, you know, I think one of the big things is just like kind of like keeping your guiding your North Star, like what is it that you care about? Who are you? What do you value as a person, right? So that's the first one, which is think about your home interior and exterior as a long-term problem, not just react to the market. Second, I believe is that, uh, you know, I know uh, like part of what we talk about is trends, And I believe that people should actually be less trend driven because it's like, if you're trend driven, that means in a year or longer, it's probably not going to be trendy. So, you know, invest in things that, you know, are long-term trends uh, that in a few years, you know, is still going to be relevant, you know, rather than like, Oh, like an extreme example is like, uh, and I I don't want to disparage what's going on, but like curvy Indoor sofas are really popular right now, like hearkening back to like the 70s and 80s. Really, really popular right now. But do you think in a few years that's still gonna be popular? I don't know, but it's just a matter of like kind of going back to the idea of investing. Like how do you invest in the long term and in the short term? So like I like to think a little bit more about uh, thinking about trend, long term trends or don't think about trends in the way that, you know, uh, like the, the hottest designers are thinking about it in terms of colors and patterns. Um so yeah if you can make sure your purchases are less trend driven so you are investing in a longer term thing and yes i believe in like high low buying so you know invest in the investment pieces and if you are uh you know like um prone to more like trend driven things do it in the the uh you know the low so like invest in like lower cost things that you know you're okay with uh swapping out in in a year um I think you know the another long term thing is like how do you just make sure to can going back to like everyone's north star like what is it that matters and I do believe like investing in people in spaces and things that actually bring you happiness especially in the time of uncertainty is what you need to focus on so you know um I, you know I think I'm guilty of all those things that I said you know like in a downturn like what do you do well you you probably go to McDonald's more than you go to somewhere where you're buying organic ingredients because it saves you a little bit of money but that's not good for my my stomach or my health, right? So it's just like how do you just make sure to center yourself around like what really matters? with sustainability, I think the that is one of the things that we are still trying to figure out, right so on 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 when I think sustainability, there are the the, the there's uh, on one end of the spectrum, there's sustainability. and on the other end of the spectrum, there's durability. So sustainability is all about like this thing is, eco-friendly and over time it just breaks down which means you have to replace it quicker and the other end it's the this lasts a long time which means you don't have to replace it you know in a normal time frame it's going to last twice as long so as we think about outer it's like trying to find that balance between the two and finding those right the right material choices that allow us to like span like like the right balance between sustainability and durability
0: Aura has a concept of, of circular design. What is that? Can you explain that?
1: Yeah, well, circular design is that, um, you know, like um, everything can have a second life. Right. So, I mean, I, I think that's not, that's not a new idea of thinking, but it's just that, like, uh, like, with the products that we designed, we want to make sure that they can be repurposed or they have been repurposed so that they can have that second life. So, you know, many of our products are made with uh, recycled uh, um, materials. And then, uh, you know, we know that the materials that we use can get recycled once again. So, you know, they can have, uh, you know, not only a second life, but a third life. And, you know, in in saying that, it's because um, we know that there are not enough raw materials on our earth to be able to satiate our demand. And that's why I think a lot of designers are, are like thinking a lot about
0: sustainability and what their definition of sustainability is. To be truly sustainable, you've got to have some serious visibility through your supply chain, don't you? Um, how do you guys achieve that um, in, terms of, in terms of your, your own supply chain?
1: Uh, like a lot of what we're doing, and I think we're still early on is like, as we, um, you know, find our suppliers and audit them and think about our materials. We just make sure that we think of chain of custody and make sure that as we are asking for even before we start uh, the design process, we are asking about like the materials that they have in terms of their access to um sourcing. So uh you know, I think we are still early on in that. Uh, unfortunately, with a lot of these things, uh in terms of, the um uh the the um what do you call it? like the approvals that you can get gets quite expensive and it's easy for like uh massive companies to do but for smaller companies it's actually quite expensive to do. So we are still kind of in our process of trying to figure out how to budget that in in terms of uh like the
0: transparency. Okay. So what do you think you'll change one thing that you'll change in the furniture industry uh how will you achieve it? So I I, I think
1: that As simple as our first product was, um, it it was, uh, sorry, not our first product, but the feature, which was the outer shell. And the outer shell is essentially a a flap of fabric that attaches to your back cushion and it wraps over your back cushion and your seat and protects it. And, uh, you know, when we designed that, uh, I had never thought in a million years that this thing could be patented because it was so easy to design. But, you know, as, as uh, we kind of uh, socialized it with our investors and friends and family, they're like, wow, this is really cool. I've never seen anything like this. You should try to get it patented. So that was never on our roadmap of things to do. But they're like, yeah, you're right. We should look into it. And I think what it shines a light on is that there's so much innovation to be had when brands and manufacturers actually start thinking more like a consumer. Because today, the way brands think is, I just want to make money. And I want to make money by looking at what everyone else is doing. And everyone is just copying everybody else. And I think with what we're doing, it is harder. Uh, it's a risk. But at least it shows that, you know, like, there's opportunity everywhere. every High and low for anyone. If you just think as simple as what problem am I going to solve? And that's kind of how we always think. I use the, I jokingly what people always talk about, duct tape moments or aha moments or light bulb moments. I always talk about it as uh, Seinfeld moments, which is, you know, the the sitcom that was back in the nineties. So it it, it uh, dates me, but I love that show, and I loved his uh, monologue where he always starts out talking about, "Have you ever noticed when? Why is it that?" And he says something really funny. Uh, it's like observational, and it's like yes. Why is it that they do that? So, um, you know, at least when I think about design, um, I hope that, uh, you know, more designers begin thinking like this, which is rather than just designing to a price point based on materials and trends and, uh, uh, you know, manufacturing techniques, how do you actually solve something for a customer? If I can actually get more companies to do that, then I will feel like, you know, Outer has been successful by like, uh, what do they say, like the rising Tide lifts all
0: boats. I gotta say when you said everyone copies each other, it's I thought you were describing the media. I was gonna say, what <laughs> is the future of auto
1: You know, it's funny, we we started this conversation talking about trends. And again, I kind of kind of think of our brand as less trend driven. But the the three things that I I've kind of like labeled as our North Star that we will continue to do, and the three S's are simple, smarter, and sustainable. So, you know, three things that like, I hope everyone can remember, but certainly everyone in outer remembers simple is like, how do you focus on thoughtful, well-made classic designs that stand the test of time For smarter? It's kind of like the outer shell. Like how do we actually develop features that are hiding in plain sight that's been overlooked by everybody? And then how do we actually like create something where there's practical versatility, So that when you see it, it actually will optimize your space. And the last has to do with, you know, like my dilemma of thinking about sustainability. Like how do we define that delicate balance between eco-friendly and durable?
0: Terry Lynn out as co-founder and chief design officer who is not in LA and is apparently in San Francisco. Thank you very much for your time.
1: Thank you, Branko. It's great chatting with you.
0: It's been wonderful chatting with you and I hope you have a lovely day. You've been listening to Talking Architecture and Design. Until next time, goodbye. I'm Branko Miletic. Thanks for listening to Talking Architecture and Design brought to you in association with the Architecture and Design Network. The a and D Network proudly presents the Sustainability Awards. You can find more information at sustainablebuildingawards.com.au.